live. <laughs> All right. Uh, hold on, I got to smile for the thumbnail. That's what the sign says. Smile for the thumbnail. Clap for the Wolfman. Uh, sing tea for the Tillman. Sing for your supper. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the totally unprepared living on a thin line with a Tony Visick. It's not that living on a thin line is unprepared. That is just the name of a show. The show is, that is not a living, breathing creature and therefore cannot uh, in and of itself prepare for anything. It is me, Tony Visick who is unprepared today. Hello, everybody on YouTube, on the Comedy Schools channel. Hello, everyone on Facebook Live. Everybody on Comedy Schools, RadioNetwork.com. I just told you the name of the show. I just told you who I am. So I don't need to repeat any of that. Um, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time, our time. I don't know what time it is where you are. Uh, you're grown people. You have to figure that out for yourselves. Um, that's the one thing the government can't do for you. Actually, it can, because the government maintains, like, uh, uh, clocks somewhere. You know, they got to know what time it is for when they send off the bombs or call in the guard. Um, so, uh, it's 2 o'clock our time. Uh, wherever time it is you are, I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're enjoying your day. I hope you're living each moment the best you possibly can. I don't always do that. There's sometimes I'm just, you, you ever get, like, pissed off? And you go, I am pissed off. I want to be pissed off. I'm going to continue to be pissed off. I'm going to increase the pissed offness of my pissed off and kind of roll with that rage a little bit. You ever do? I know you do. I know you do. But after a while, like everything that makes you feel good, it makes you feel bad. It's just like that cocaine. Just like that cocaine. A little bit kind of makes you feel good. But a little bit's never enough and too much makes you feel bad. Rage and cocaine. Stay away from them, kids. Stay away from them. Um... I think that's a good message for nowadays, isn't it? Uh, what can I? What else can I tell you? Uh, the show is built around uh, three things: uh, your questions and comments posted on the aforementioned social media sites, where we uh, attempt to comment back or answer any questions that you may have. Uh, usually, some doodad or knickknack or paraphernalia or uh, bobblehead uh, that we have laying around the uh, house that we then uh, show to you, and we try to weave a story around. And then we mentioned two artists or two pieces of music. We recommend two artists or two pieces of music based off our vast vinyl album collection. Um, I have no doodads, bobbleheads, or knickknacks today. I do have uh, news for you. Uh, you know, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something, okay? So what is that? That's a picture of me on like, um, like a card, you know, like a greeting card, okay? This was in my mail today. And uh, inside is a collage of pictures of me, my daughter, my wife, uh, two of my daughter, one just by my own damn self, my wife on our wedding day. Look at how beautiful she uh, was and is. Uh, my little grandson. Oh, they didn't get my granddaughter on there. I think they probably would have tried if they could have. But uh, two with my wonderful daughter, Alicia. Uh, well, my grandson. It's he and I, by the way, if you see that one, that's he and I on uh, Dog Poop Patrol. <laughs> I got to show that to you, YouTubers. All right. So a picture of my grandson and I uh, a number of years ago. You know, he's old enough now to go, I ain't picking up Dog Poop. But uh, back then, it was an uh, exciting adventure with Grandpa. Uh, and then a picture of me in New York City at the big hope sign, which I think there's a few of them throughout the country. I think that's, uh, that may have been the last time Shirley and I were in New York. 
Okay, and I thought that the sign was so important. I didn't give a damn what I looked like when it was taken. Although uh, I got a little bit of that aging rock star thing going there, don't I? This was sent to me. This was sent to me by a uh, farmer or current comic who also has another business named Keith Martyr. And I knew Keith from back in the day. I knew Keith from back in the day, and he's with something called the OK Team. And I got to be honest with you, and I believe they're out of Chicago. I'm going to look it up. I don't know what the OK team is. He might be a real estate guy. Uh, license, uh, yeah, licensed real estate salespersons. Uh, Halstead, Manhattan, LLC. No, they're out of, uh, they're out of New York because they got a 212 number. 212 number. Uh, but I, I thought he was originally out of Chicago. Anyway, I want to tell you how much I really appreciated getting this, and it led to a conversation between Shirley and I, uh, my wife, who just happens to be the producer of this show, and uh, is an integral part of uh, the ComedySchools.com team, uh, it led to a conversation about how you reach out to people and what your intention is when you reach out to people. Uh, a number of years ago, I used to do mailers. Back in 2001, 2002, 2003, I used to do mailers. Somewhere in the mid-2000s, I switched to mailers and social media, then strictly social media. But there's something nice, isn't there? about getting something personalized in the mail. There's another guy in, in town here in Phoenix who does credit card processing that took a class with me years ago named Andrew Freeman. I'm giving a shout out to Andrew, who uh, does credit card processing, who sent me, uh, sent me a popcorn with a little, uh, do I have it around here? Cheryl, I had it here somewhere. Um, never mind right now. It's behind me? Okay, hold on. Where behind me? I'm I'm not going to dig it out right now, but uh, uh, but I will I will tomorrow. And no disrespect to uh, to Andrew, but sent me a popcorn with a little picture of me pasted on it. It was kind of neat, kind of cute. And um, I think so. Shirley and I are discussing whether we should start doing personal mailers to people again, uh, if it'll increase business. And before you uh, think of that as cynical, before you think of that as rude, uh, think of it this way. You think about about the indomitable spirit of the American public, the indomitable spirit of us as individuals and as a group in America, that even during these, ah, yeah, I don't want to call them challenging times, they're rough times, rough times, hard times. So, so long ago, it didn't even a year, it just called hard times. Thank you, Richard Pryor. Uh, people are still finding a way to move forward. People are still getting up in the morning and going, I've got a family, they got to eat. I got a wife or a husband, they've got to eat. I've got to eat. I got to contribute. I'm not just going to sit here like a boneless breasted chicken sandwich. I'm going to move forward. And when you get something like this in the mail, the person sending it goes, you know, the odds are 1%, 5%, 10% respond.' of that 10%, 1% will actually do business with us. But we're doing it anyway. And it's a nice touch. And both of these things came to me via the U.S. mail. The U.S. mail is one of the most important, one of the most important components for any small business in America. Uh, I'm going to be sending some contracts out today for uh, an event that I'm uh, uh, booking, working as a booking agent, particularly on, on this particular event. I'll be sending contracts out by the mail. They have to have hard copies. Okay, now I can have them faxed and faxed back, but how expensive is that if you don't have a fax machine in your house? We don't. You know, you go out and buy a fax machine for, you know, $50, $100, $200, $250. Or 
you can put you can print stuff out put it in an envelope put a stamp on it and feel confident it'll reach that party and then that party will send me a deposit check and that will all be through the US mail we tend to not think of the US mail as important as it used to be because I wrote a joke although it doesn't really fit my ethic and the joke was how serious is Trump's interference with the United States mail I'll tell you how serious most of my junk mail is at least three days late now. See, because what you call junk mail, what I call junk mail, what we call junk mail is someone else letting you know about their business. It's somebody with a sandwich shop in town. It's somebody with a new tire store in your neighborhood. It's somebody who's got, uh, uh, you can get 10% off on dog food if you order it online, okay? It is a way of letting people know you exist and that you have something you can offer them. Yeah, you're right. Most of the time I get, I get some coupon thing. I'm not looking at these. But every once in a while I go through them and go, hey, look at this. 10% off a of pizza tonight. It looks like a good pizza place. We haven't tried it. Let's go ahead and do it. So uh, I appreciate Keith Martyr. I appreciate him sending me this card. I appreciate people who are during this difficult time, during this difficult time, are still finding ways to move forward. And that includes most of you or all of you that regularly watch this uh, show or podcast or broadcast or whatever the hell it is. I really appreciate my good friend Jim Perry. I'm going to slide right into that. Uh, let's see. Paul Whitney says, how many bobbleheads find a home through the mail every day? You're damn right, Paul. That's how the Mo. Hold on. I don't know if everybody saw the Mo. Cheryl, if you want to grab the Mo for me real quick. Can you do that? That's how Mo. I had Larry and Curly. Mo came through us through the mail. It bothered me every day. It bothered me every day. There you go. There you go, Mo. There you go, Mo. If you haven't seen him, Mo from the Three Stooges. Mo, Larry, and Curly. I now have all three. Okay, it's all. And by the way, it's all from this uh, Harris collection. I guess it was Harris had the exclusive on Three Stooges bobbleheads had the copyright. There it is. That came to us. He came through through the mail. Rescued. And you know what? Rare. Rescued and rare. The Mo bobblehead. Uh. Back to what I was saying, I really appreciate my good friend Jim Perry, who uh, um, has generously allowed me to partner with him in the opening of uh, Arizona's newest and most exciting comedy club, JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona. Go ahead, make fun. We certainly will. A town named after a character from Leave it to Beaver. That's my standard joke for Gilbert, and people from Gilbert laugh hard at it. Everybody else goes, lame, but they like it because I'm acknowledging them. Uh, uh, 860 East Warner Road is the address right next to a pretty darn good Chinese restaurant. And you know what's right next door? The JP's Comedy Club. And one of the reasons I'm so excited. Are you ready? Goodwill. And where do I find a lot of my bobbleheads? Paul Whitney? You type it out, Paul Whitney. Where do I find a lot of my bobbleheads? I can't wait for you, Paul. Lead follower, get out of the way. Goodwill. Goodwill. Uh, if you have a Trump bobblehead, you can smack it and make it bobble. I don't know if there, I guess there must be. If I find one, I certainly will purchase it and let you know. But JP's Comedy Club is uh, opening this week with open mic nights for all the local comics here in the community. And then September 17th, 18th, and 19th, I will be the inaugural grand opening headliner for JP's Comedy Club. And I'm very excited. It's a hybrid 
Uh, what's going on with JP's comedy? Uh, comedy? Yeah, I know, Paul Whitney. I know about eBay, but just going through eBay and sitting on my ass and pressing a button just doesn't seem right. I just want to say one thing. I, except for Mo, which I needed to complete a circuit, and I couldn't leave Larry and Curly sitting there without Mo. I just couldn't. Okay, without that. They were lost. They were lost without his love. How were Larry and Curly ever going to make it? <laughs> oh, the hell with all that. Um, JP's Comedy Club is going to be a hybrid. Uh, even though it can uh, seat, uh, it has a nice size capacity, perfect for, uh, um, uh, perfect for the, uh, the neighborhood, the area. Uh, you know, uh, there's going to be social distancing protocols and masks required. It certainly won't be able to reach its capacity for quite some time. Quite some time. But we will be able to have a few people in. We'll be doing hybrid shows there. I will be doing hybrid shows there. Combination of live and Zoom. Bringing more entertainment to you. More, more live and local. More live and local. You know, um, all of us at some point go, let's just go out and watch local comics. Let's go out and watch local bands. Let's go out and see a local theater production. And uh, a lot of times they're pretty good. And I guarantee you this. This Phoenix comedy scene, which didn't exist when I hit town 20 years ago, did not exist when I hit town 20 years ago, is one of the most uh, uh, thriving and striving and creative comedy scenes I have ever witnessed in my life. Uh, no less than Mark Anderson, the man who started the improv comedy chain, not the improv comedy club uh, in Hollywood. That was, of course, Bud Friedman. But Mark Anderson started the chain that brought great headliners throughout the nation, was one of the first ones to begin doing that said about this local comedy scene one time, he goes, I haven't seen anything this exciting since the beginning of the comedy boom in the late 70s, early 80s. The comedy boom that gave us Sam Kinison and Jerry Seinfeld and Bill Hicks, Rich Scheidner, Tim Allen, on and on and on and on. So uh, we're going to be bringing all that to you through JP's Comedy Club. Uh, we're going to be bringing comedy workshops there. Okay, We're still going to be offering our comedy workshops online. We just love the fact that we're now international. We have people in our workshop from New York City, Kuwait. We've had them from Australia, Houston, Texas. Joe Gannon from Houston, Texas brings us that, that Texicaner, the Texican flavor to his comedy. Uh, we're going to cover it all for you. We're going to cover it in national, international, national, state, and local. We're going to be bringing it all to you through J.P.'s Comedy Club. Hey, check it out. Go on Facebook and check out J.P.'s Comedy Club. Uh, today, I'll begin booking the uh, headliners for uh, the uh, rest of 2020, we're going to bring you some fun stuff in person, live, and through social media there, okay? And we certainly applaud Jim Perry, who came to me and goes, Tone, now is the time. I said, now is the time, you know? Let's be ready. Let's be ready when things open up. And let's give people who definitely just need... You know what? That a new business is opening in the midst of all this, I think should give us all a little hope. The fact that Keith Martyr, a comic who's not in the real estate business, thought to create these cards, an individual card, and send it to me, and I haven't talked to Keith in, God, 20 years, more. I got to double check that uh, he may have been, I got to double, I, I'm not going to mention it until uh, I, uh, 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 until I double check, double check uh, something about him and my club in Oklahoma City that's uh, a very interesting story that, uh, Shines a positive light on him. So don't think it's, oh, there's going to be some stuff. 
so that uh, people are still going, we're going to find a way to stay open. We're going to find a way to stay in business. We're going to go into a new business. I know people that had night, uh, nightclubs and comedy clubs that are now working jobs well below their pay scale just to keep things going. I know those people. My hat's off to each and every one of you. My hat's off to each and every one of you. I'm not going to take my hat off. It's a metaphor. Symbolically, I'm taking my hat off to you. But then I'd have to take off my headphones. I talked about this yesterday. And I have to take off the hat. And then my hair is a mess. Because I haven't washed it in a long time. Because I go, uh, I'm like a kid. I go, well, I swim every day. Why should I take a bath? Uh, then my hair gets all matted. I become like a Rastafarian. Yeah, jamming. And then people try to sell me marijuana. And I can't smoke marijuana. Because if I smoke marijuana, I'll start thinking that uh, snorting coke's a good idea. So uh, I can't do it. Although I will use CBD oil. All right, man. I got all wound up there talking about all this goofy stuff. I want to talk to you about the... Uh, so I did actually show you a bobblehead. We did actually now. We're covering... Uh, yep, that's me. That's what Joe Gannon says. Uh, hey, Joe. Uh, we did cover... Um, don't give up, okay? Don't give up. Sometimes, sometimes... The world can weigh you down a little bit. Sometimes just the weight of what's going on can make you a little more tired than you normally are. It does me. I get it. Sometimes you just want to quit and sit. You do. Don't do that. Don't do that. You only got so much time. Okay? Fill it in fun, exciting ways. As much fun and excitement you can have without um, uh, catching a rare disease. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the music for a moment, okay? Let's 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 switch over to music. JP's Comedy Club. Don't forget the name. Don't forget the name. All right. Uh, I'm gonna talk to him about uh, doing a Zoom show of at least one of the live shows when I headline it September 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'm gonna talk to uh, Jim about that and see what he thinks of that whole uh, that whole thing. Uh, let's see. Kevin Brown said, "Note to self: Don't give up." Yeah, man, it's easy to do. It can weigh you down. A lot of the structures of life have been taken away from us. You know, that commute you couldn't stand, that you planned every day, that you felt good about when you beat it by 10 minutes, when you figured out that shortcut, when you started, when you were proud of yourself because you started getting ready and getting out of the house 15 minutes early so you didn't have that stress and anxiety. You know, that's gone. That pain in the ass commute is gone for a lot of people. Okay, that office is gone. That pain in the ass guy in the office, that boss that annoys you, it's gone. And now you realize you miss it because it, it was life. And we have to recreate life. That's what I'm doing, and I hope that you are too. Okay, um, let's talk about the music for a moment. First off, I'm just going to show you a, a monster. Not a bad monster, a monster. All right, and I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, for those you who don't know, this symbol is recognized by anyone who is between the ages of, say, 55 and 80, minimum, okay? This album cover, it needs no name, it needs no title on it. We all know what this is. This is, of course, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. This was one of the biggest selling albums of all time. It was an album that changed things and changed music. The, the Booyah Mac Daddies of prog rock. No one thought of Pink Floyd as prog rock. They were just, 
they were just an entity unto themselves with a sound so unique that no one else could copy it. I mean, later on, there, I, I stopped for a second. Yeah, there were tribute bands that did it once they did it, just like with the Grateful Dead. A sound that was so immediately unique and stunningly rich and ungodly original, or godly original, more to the point, that it stayed with all of us. It was a concept album with Speak to Me, Breathe, On the Run, Time, The Great Gig in the Sky. And it even, it even, even though this was, um, Fred Scott, by the way, just stop for a second, says, I miss my stress, but it's become so much easier to get stressed out online these days. Thank you, technology. Yeah, it's out there, isn't it? Uh, even though this was a concept album, even though this was a prog rock, sort of what was considered an FM band, not a pop hit band by any stretch of the imagination, they had a big number one hit here, uh, and that was Money. Dun, 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 dun. Money! Uh, the uh, personnel was Dave Gilmore on vocals, Nick Mason on percussion, I believe he's gone now, Richard Wright on keyboards and vocals, Roger Waters on bass guitar, becoming one of the most influential bass guitarists ever, and also becoming one of the most influential individuals to join a band after it had already been formed. Uh, the, uh, the unfortunate Sid Barrett had left because of uh, uh, mental issues and lived many years of a real quiet life. Anyway, this album kind of became kudzu. This sound was everywhere, all the time, played, songs were displayed constantly on FM radio. It blared from cars. It blared from houses, of houses, house windows as you walked down the street. It was in everybody's, when you saw their album sitting on the floor next to their stereo system with their Kenwood speakers, it was always prominently displayed. It was everywhere. The song Money, I actually use as an example of how to write comedy in my comedy workshop. People go, what is it with comedians? And I go, well, we just see, hear, and feel things differently. And you can learn how to do that. For some people, it's developed early. For some people, it's possibly genetic. Okay, but you can learn to think that way. The song Money sound, uh, opens with the sound of an old-time cash register opening and closing. And the sound of the bells as, it, as uh, uh, buttons are pushed, denoting a sale, opening and closing. To you and I, walking into any store in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, up to the 70s, where they had an old-time cash register that had bells on it and had the sound of the drawer opening and closing, that's all it sounded like. But to people for whom every sound is music, to the band Pink Floyd, the sound of a cash register opening and closing became the opening and became the rhythmic beat to one of the most popular songs in the history of recorded music. So what do you hear when you hear a sound? What do you hear when somebody says something? Do you just hear literally what it is or do you hear something else? And even if every, only one time out of 100 or one time out of 500 do you hear something else, you've got artist in you. And if you want to de develop artists, find a way to do it. Okay, um, I want to talk about that. Then I want to talk about a band that uh, was of no consequence that um, I liked very much. Okay, and uh, they had three hits that were so incredibly divergent. So Pink Floyd was a very consequential band. Matter of fact, when I was younger, I said that Pink Floyd fucked everything up. 
People go, what do you mean? I go, well, before Pink Floyd, the people who didn't like rock music were on one side of the schoolyard and we were on the other side of the schoolyard. The people who liked the Grateful Dead and Led Zeppelin and Moody Blues and 10 years after and the Doors were on one side of the schoolyard and everybody else on the other side of the schoolyard listened to whatever the hell they were listening to. I like early Beatles. I like Elvis. Pink Floyd brought everybody to the party. All of a sudden, when you were having that party, that house party, the parents got for the weekend, your apartment that you had far too young, the trailer that your mother had rented for you so you could finish school uh, in the, at the same school you'd been going to for the last three years, even though she'd moved that party. Pink Floyd brought everybody to the party. The people on the other side of the schoolyard went, man, that's good. And they grew their hair out, and they started smoking pot, and they joined in with us, and then they were just, um, they hadn't changed their mentality at all. So now we had the kids who hated it with us, mingling with us because of Pink Floyd. Okay? Fuck things up for a while. Mess things up. Uh, I got more stories on that later on. I just want to get to this other band real quick. I've only got a few minutes. Uh, Pink Floyd, massively consequential musicians, music-wise, cultural, etc., this band, no consequence, but at least three great tunes and really divergent tunes, too. Out of England, like Pink Floyd, heavily influenced by the blues. As a matter of fact, originally in their name was the words Chicago Blues. Later on, shortened to the Climax Blues Band. So this is the cover for an early 70s Climax Blues Band album. And you probably have forgotten the Climax Blues Band. All right? But they had at least three consequential songs that were played a lot on FM, album-oriented rock radio that uh, everybody liked. They never reached any sort of real stardom. According to Wikipedia, they uh, at one time were playing concerts up to 20,000 people. But I, I did not know anyone ever that said Climax Blues Band. That's my band, man. They fucking rock. But they had some good hits. So they were blues-oriented. And by the way, you couldn't tell them from their hits. And on this album, there's two of their big hits. And the one that I loved was I Am Constant. I am constant like the morning sun. I can't sing. This show would be a lot better if I could sing. Oh, it would be such a good show if I Right now, it's just a kind of a mediocre show. Boy, if I, if I could sing. But if you, if you can make this voice easily, then you can't sing. Uh, <laughs> I am constant. I love that because it was one of those uh, songs that local bands could play. So important, man, in, in pop music and rock and roll. Can a bunch of kids getting together in a garage play your songs? Because um, I'll explain later why that's important and who really explained it to me at one time. An important rock and roll, a, a guy... Uh, important in the history of rock music told me this uh, and really clarified it for me but uh, I Am Constant was a song that local bands could play uh, Paul Whitney says I thought you were a Tennessean originally oh to Joe Gannon I thought you were a Tennessean originally I'm not from Tennessee uh, and it was one of those songs when a local band played it at a bar so you got a little older you weren't hanging out in teen dance clubs hanging on bars you go hey you should go to this bar man I got a band on Saturday night play some good shit play some Skinner Get up, play some Marshall Tucker. Check them out. Let's go over there, man. Have some beers. Listen to that local band. Play some Skeeter. Some Marshall Tucker. <laughs> they could play I Am Constant. 
And uh, I love the song, I Am Constant. Also then, a soft rock tune off of here, Sky High. You blow it all sky high by telling me a lie. There was nothing, I don't know why they called themselves blues. There's nothing else blues about them. Um, then uh, another one of their songs that was a big hit, okay, was uh, Couldn't Get It Right. Kept on looking for a sign in the middle of the night, but I couldn't get it right. So, uh, and then a song called I Love You, which I'm not even going to attempt. It was a great, 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 uh, what now we considered Yacht Rock song. So, Climax Blues Band were, and I don't mean, you know, four or five guys who got together just making music in England. And, you know, music is something that can raise somebody up from poor working class poverty and give them a life they never dreamed of. And uh, they brought some great music into my life. So I don't want to say they're inconsequential, but they were nowhere near what Pink Floyd was or The Doors or Jefferson Airplane or 10 years after or Crosby, Sills and Nash and go on and on. Yet they brought something great to the radio, something fun and something sweet. They start out as a blues band, but they played unusually hooky pop hits. So I'm going to recommend today that you go to YouTube and you check out these three songs. I am constant, or four. I am constant, I love you, couldn't get it right, and sky high, all by the Climax Blues Band. Start with I am constant, and you'll find the rest of them. Climax Blues Band, I am constant. And then let me know what you thought of those songs, because I think they were really cool songs. They weren't hard rockers. They didn't kick no hippie ass. They didn't break any new ground musically, but they were just incredibly infectious uh, pop melodies with great, great hooks in them. All right? Hey, we'll be back tomorrow with more stuff for you. I'll tell you more about JP's Comedy Club. Um, I might even give away a couple tickets. I might buy a couple tickets myself. I'll put out the money and give away a couple tickets to JP's Comedy Club uh, for you. For you, boys and girls, moms and dads, I hope you enjoyed the show. I enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, you've been watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick, and now you're not. Bye-bye.